Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hello, everybody. Uh, Dr. Keith here again. And Dr. Goodall. Yep. Northside Veterinary Hospital. This is Vet Tales. Yeah. Um, you may have noticed, uh, but we ended up, uh, I sacrificed the adorable T-A-I-L-S um, because it's too hard to search. Is it? Yeah. So um, we just went with Vet Space Tales, Tales just so that every time I didn't have to say like, Vet Tales, T-A-I-L-S. Because I was getting old already. <laughs> but our uh, thumbnail uses our super cute logo that has our super cute tails on it. So, you know, still get that fun uh, play on words. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And then we'll have our intro music. It's going to be, we're going to be all official like. Yeah, we are. Growth and change, never ending. A real, real podcast. Like a real podcast. It'll be exciting. I am excited. I think it's fun because I just like to educate people and I just feel like, um, you know, it's just such interesting information that everybody really should or, you know, deserves to have access to, mm -hmm. um, you know. And it is hard. You know, I feel like it's hard to find solid information when you don't know where to start. Absolutely. You never know if you're getting off on some wild tangent somewhere. <laughs> um and or it's really boring mm -hmm. or you have to read it instead of listen to it in your car <laughs> something like that yeah. anyway right uh yeah so here we are just like normal are. doctors doing our normal thing and telling you what's going on in our brains yeah well sort of i mean <laughs> the, the <laughs> muted <filter>. <laughs> yeah, for sure uh, I mean, you know, we're pretty transparent. We are. I just don't think anyone wants to be in my brain. Yeah, it gets a little chaotic up in it here. It does. Oh, yeah. Man. I don't yeah. even mean a filter like I'm, I'm, you know, mad or anything at anyone. It's just like, well, this and this and this and this. Oh, it's, it's yeah. It's and you have to like, reel in the train and yeah. be like, I have to pick a track. Mm-hmm. So today we did pick a track. Um, we did. Yeah, we have a topic, and then beyond that, we don't really have much of a plan. No, we we're kind of winging it today, but um, September is Animal Pain Awareness Month. It's also Human Pain Awareness Month. We just kind of, the vet community piggybacked on that. Yeah, we so. do like to do that, but I think, you know, that helps unify everyone's attention. It does, yeah. So we were going to talk about arthritis and kind of signs of chronic pain in our pets uh, because we find oftentimes uh, that pet owners aren't super able to figure out when their pet is having chronic pain. You know, acute pain is really easy because yeah. they're like screaming or crying. Carrying the leg yeah. or licking it. Uh -huh. Bleeding. Bleeding. <laughs> Sometimes, not always. <laughs> you know, you, you step on your dog's toe and they scream and you're just like, I'm so sorry, but also why are you so close to me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, but then chronic pain, you know, arthritis, especially in our dogs and our senior cats, but our, our dogs, um, they'll get arthritis when they're 
one, two, and mm -hmm. people aren't looking for it, and it's easy to miss. I mean, yeah, look at our 20-year-old our technicians out there, like, <laughs> oh, hobbling <gosh>. about. <laughs> I mean, I probably shouldn't say anything. I, you know, I had my you, first yeah. major hip surgery when I was 28. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. Um, so, yeah, so we always think of, like, it just being old dogs, but it's not always, mm -hmm. you know? And there's these all sorts of traumas that happen or um, just the way that our bodies develop, mm -hmm. um, dogs and cats and people alike that can cause uh, early onset joint pain mm -hmm. or joint disease. Joint disease, yeah. Because disease will happen before the pain in, in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you get dogs, you know, hip dysplasia is the big one that kind of everyone knows about and is worried about, you know, especially in their shepherds. The big guys, yeah. Rottweilers, um, but you can get elbow dysplasia. Yeah which a lot of people, it isn't on their radar, but it's fairly common. Mm -hmm. uh, luxating patellas in your small dogs. Oh yeah. All of that can lead to arthritis, chronic pain. So um, some things, what are some things to look for? Right, well, so what I've noticed is that a lot of times I'll be like watching the dog in the room because a lot of times we're just chatting, but my brain in the background is assessing this patient in extreme detail. Yes. I'm just not verbalizing it because we're talking about like fun things or whatever, just like how cute they are. But but in the back of my mind, like there's this yeah. evaluation happening. Exam, as long as we're in the room, that exam is happening. Yeah, yeah. it is on, on every level. And like you're wanting to watch this animal and it's kind of like natural behaviors and movements. And you're watching the way that it sits, the way that it stands, the way that it tracks, you know, like, like, how does it choose to get its booty to the ground? Mm -hmm. Is that a graceful thing or is it like a flop sideways <laughs> thing? Fall over. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, what I have noticed is that I will, I will detect these things that I, I feel like are concerning in terms of arthritis uh, signs. And I will say, oh gosh, it looks like Fluffy's maybe getting some arthritis. And the owner will be like, no, he never cries. Yeah. He still runs outside. Uh-huh. Um, or you'll be like, you know, or they'll say like, no, I never see him limp. And, and so I think that that's like the first thing I really want to hit on is like the, this idea of what does pain look like for a chronic arthritis patient and, and how different it can often be from what we expect it to be. Mm -hmm. So they aren't going to vocalize and cry. They aren't going to lift and carry a leg because of those are acute pain signs. But the chronic dogs, um, you know, I feel like, I feel like out of place. Like, I really feel like you need to answer this question. <laughs> Do you want to tell them why you should be the one answering this question? Um, so I am currently working on a certification in canine rehab. And uh, my, my intent, my goal, uh, there's a couple different things you can do with canine rehab. Uh, one is post-op rehabilitation. We're definitely going to be offering that with Dr. Trussell's orthopedics. Yeah. You can also work with canine athletes, which I think is a wonderful uh, kind of niche little area. It's really, really interesting. But really, my, my heart and soul is with the geriatrics. Yeah. It's with those patients that have chronic pain that need... Um, basically, it's, it's physical therapy for dogs. We can't call it physical therapy. We have to call it rehab. Um, physical therapy is protected by uh, the human people. Uh, you have to have a degree in physical therapy to, to call what you do that. So, um, but that's, that's so rehab I'm, is like physical therapy like for, for animals. Yes. Got it. Yes. Okay. I love technicalities. I know, right? Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's actually become the same thing with chiropractic. Uh, if you are not a doctor of chiropractic, you cannot call what you do 
chiropractic if you're practicing on animals. Wait, you have to what call do you... it medical manipulation. <gasps> <laughs> I didn't. I I was like my brain was was toying with some ideas of what you might say next. Medical manipulation was no. not on that list. Yeah, I was like bone cracking. Yeah, right. Exactly. Realignment of vertebrae mm-hmm. and other. Joints. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the massage therapist to jump on that train. And, oh, like, yeah. you can't call what you do animal yeah. massage. It has to be, like, animal muscle. muscle needing. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what we're going to come up with. But so, anyway, when we're when we say rehab, we don't mean that your dog's addicted to um, illicit substances. We mean that we're we rehabilitating, we're rehabilitating their, their, their body. Yeah. So, the musculoskeletal yeah. system specifically. Um, so yeah, uh, chronic pain though is, is so incredibly common in our, our, I'm going to talk mostly about dogs because cats, uh, they follow more the pattern we think of with humans where it is, arthritis is a disease of senior cats with the exception of like Maine Coons and, and their hips. Yeah. They'll Unless get, it's like a severe injury, yeah. like a hit by car or uh-huh. dog attack yeah. in their history. Yeah. For sure. Um, so that, that does change, you know, changes things in humans too, but, but they definitely follow more of that pattern versus dogs follow more of my pattern where, uh, you know, 28 <laughs> 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 is having surgery. Uh, and so dogs, we really find more that their arthritis comes from how they're born. You know, they're born with hip dysplasia. They're born with elbows, elbow dysplasia. They're born a dachshund. Uh, with their chondro dysplasia, yeah, their back issues, yeah. and their little crooked legs, and God everything love we love the about the bassets, everything we love about those breeds really sets them up for chronic pain. And so, yeah, like Dr. Keith was saying, you know, you can watch these dogs in the room, and you can watch how how they sit down. Do do they sit square? Uh, and do they sit kind of gracefully, or do they prefer not to sit? Do they just kind of throw themselves to the ground? And for some breeds, not sitting, like your greyhounds, your whippets, those breeds, they don't like to sit. Uh, but so, so kind of having some acceptance there. But if you've got a lab who doesn't want to sit or doesn't mm-hmm. want to sit square, then you've got a lab who's got a problem. When I say square, I mean uh, both, both sit bones on the floor, both legs kind of bent in that really classic sit position. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than one leg kind of cocked out to the side, uh-huh. which that's part of what we use for our diagnostics for a cruciate injury. Yep. Uh, it doesn't have to be a cruciate injury. It's not really specific for that. But if you see a dog that's sitting like that, you're definitely checking out their, their knee to see if it has any problems. Yeah. And then you also watch how they, how they rise. So if your dog is having to pull themselves up with their front legs they can't just like a stand. horse like a horse yeah <laughs> like really heaving forward yeah, on uh-huh. that front yeah if they can't just stand straight up using all four legs then we've got we've probably got a problem and some you know w- watching them walk around so here's here's one of my stories uh so earlier this year i went and did a, a backpacking trip on the appalachian trail with my dad and we, you know, when you're doing these things, you, you meet all sorts of people, you run into all sorts of different um, hikers and you get to share stories. And there's this one gentleman who had brought his dog. Um, he was a healer and just super active, super young dog. He was only about two. 
Uh, and when when he took the, his pack off and I was watching this dog walk around, you could see what we call kyphosis in his back, which is where they kind of hold like a little arch in their back. It's one way hunched they stabilize up. it. Yeah, kind of hunched up. Uh, and I was like, hey, um, not, <laughs> that I want, <laughs> not that I want to do this, but I see a dog in need and I can't help myself. Yeah. I feel um, like that in the pet food aisle sometimes. Right. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Natalie, walk away. <laughs> Blinders on. Uh, so, so anyway, I, I tell this guy, you know, I, I think he's got some back pain just watching him walk around. Um, you know, we probably need to revisit because he was having his dog carry the dog's food and water and, and that sort of thing, which is really, really common. Um, and so I was like, let's look at his pack and see if we can resituate it. And uh, one way he had the pack was that the, the water, which is kind of your heaviest stuff, was towards the back. And so it was sitting right over his lumbar spine, which is really where our dogs have the least mm-hmm. amount of support because that's behind where the ribs are. And so we switch things around. We move the water up over his shoulders. And I didn't see him again. I don't know if that helped, but... Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because dogs typically bear the bulk of their weight, depending on the breed, some more than others. Mm-hmm. They will bear most of their weight on their front. On their front legs. Yeah. It should be about 60% on their front legs, so 30-30 on each of those front legs, and then 20-20 on each back leg. Yep. So when you are, you know, for those of you who backpack, uh, when you are packing, put, put the weight up front. And then if you can't get it all up front, if you can get a pack that uh, has another spot that goes over their hips, that's better than one that just stretches over the middle of their back. Mm -hmm. But anyway, just kind of story to illustrate how I never had to lay my hands on that dog to know that he was experiencing pain. Yeah, absolutely. And this wasn't a chronic pain, uh, but we can see that just watching your dog in the room. And so if we're, you know, if we're mentioning something, it's, you know, it's because... We're looking for these subtle signs. And I like to, you know, kind of relate it to people with arthritis. You know, most of the time you're not going to be out, you know, with with your friend who has arthritis, you know, in their back and they're crying every step they take. Right. And if they are, they probably shouldn't be out shopping with you. Right. Yeah. But instead they'll just like walk a little slower mm-hmm. or need more breaks or, mm-hmm. you know, when they have to sit down or stand up, that's a very cumbersome like event. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's exactly the same thing we see in dogs. Mm-hmm. Cats are much better at hiding it. They are. Yeah. I think, um, actually I had a cat recently who had a, a partial disc issue and, you know, you, you think about like Dachshunds, they'll usually have some chronic back pain before they actually blow a disc. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine this cat had also, but they are so good at hiding mm-hmm. any pain or Ill- illness, anything. Cats are. Yeah. <laughs> they are not tiny dogs. They are not. They are. Aliens? Really, I think they might be. Like, they're liquid, basically. And so yeah. that makes doing orthopedic exams on them incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, so checking their bone, like you can't even, so if you guys have ever watched us do like a, a neuro, neurologic exam or a partial neuro exam, you'll see us turn your dog's foot over to, to check and see. Like put the top of their foot on the on, table. Yep. And, and they should flip it over. You can't do that with cats. Nope. Even, you just can't. You just can't. Even if like their deficit has to be so severe. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. So with cats, like you're typically more seeing them just not do the same things they used to mm-hmm. do, or they'll like 
uh, one of the classic things they tell us to, you know, watch for is like when you have a cat up on a table that's jumping down, they'll usually just jump. Mm -hmm. But a cat with arthritis will like walk down as far as they can, like on the cabinet Mm -hmm. and then jump down. Jump down. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, um, if you have stairs in your house and you can watch your cat climb the stairs, they'll like kind of take it sideways sometimes Uh instead of just jump, jump, jump. Yeah. You know, the little cat bouncing. The little cat bouncing up. Yes. Um, they'll, they'll definitely slow that down. There's a whole website that Zoetis has. Yeah, it's like, and it has something, it says like red flags or something on it. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to put it in the show notes or something. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, if you if you look for red flags of arthritis in cats mm-hmm. online, um, it'll take you to Zoetis' page that has like all of these classic symptoms, things to watch for, ways to monitor. Yeah, it's a really wonderful, and it goes along with their, their Silencia, right, Silencia? Yeah. Silencia um, drug, which... It's actually, it, it's amazing. I don't even, it's like not even a drug. Yeah, no. It's, it's a monoclonal antibody. Yeah, so it's an antibody. So the cat's body just like thinks it's itself. Um, but what it, it does is it targets one of the growth factors that is in the joints for promoting arthritis. And so it helps slow down that inflammation, slow down the development of arthritis. Right. And those cats. Yeah, and I think it's, like, worth saying maybe it's a little too technical, but, like, anytime we're using an anti-inflammatory that's affecting the joint, like, our one of our main goals with decreasing inflammation is obviously decreasing inflammation, but also um, when we lower inflammation in the joint, the joint fluid becomes slipperier, mm-hmm. more viscous, and not so watery. So I think of, like, new oil in your car versus, like, old oil. Um, I don't know if that exactly extrapolates, but... Um, but this slippery um, surface then allows the joints to slide and move without so much pain. It decreases friction, which decreases heat, which then in effect also decreases inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the nice things too that's happening in there is that you're not just like delaying the progression of this cat's arthritis, but you're also decreasing its pain and discomfort and inflammation at the same time. And it's like ridiculously safe. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the things that we have not historically had for cats. For cats, yeah. Because, like, our non-steroidal anti-inflammatories in cats are always worried because their little kidneys never do their job. But this Silencia product isn't processed by anything because it's, it's just a monoclonal antibody. Yeah. it's it, it literally is something that the cat's body thinks is its own. Yep. And they're coming out with one for the I dogs. know. There's a rumor. I don't know what it's going to be called. It's called something Some w- really dumb. With an L? Yeah. If so, it has ever decides to sponsor our podcast, we'll, <laughs> we'll bleep out the part where you called it dumb. Right. <laughs> That's going to be their, their condition. Yeah. <laughs> You'll need to go back to episode seven, yep. <laughs> where you called the name of our drug dumb. <laughs> but it is. Um, yeah. Anyway. I don't know who comes up with these drug names in general. Asalensi is not bad. It's not. Um, but... Yeah, their dog one. I even like Cytopoint and Apoquil. Like, yeah. I like those. Yeah. But some of them. Yeah, their dog one's really kind of kind of rough. But that's exciting when it does come out because it opens another avenue, you know, for these senior dogs who maybe have kidney disease. Yeah. Uh, that we're kind of in the same pickle we are with cats where we don't necessarily want to do an anti-inflammatory, Max. Ugh. And we, but we really need to help manage their, their chronic arthritis pain. So... That's going to be a really exciting development that I, th- I think is coming soon. Yeah, before the end of the year. I think. Yeah, I haven't heard a date, but I'm pretty excited about it because, yeah, as a, 
uh, Dr. Goodall name dropped Max. Um, for those of you who have been with Northside for a while, everybody knows Max. He's my dog that is now 11, which is mind-numbing <laughs> to me. Right. But to be honest with you, like the other day I posted a picture of him up on Facebook with him like napping on the couch, which was like a play on him being in his natural like environment, mm-hmm. you know. And um, nobody noticed that that picture was five years old. <laughs> nobody was. It was just a really good lighting. <laughs> it, was, it was like five years ago. And uh, he looks the same. He does. Yeah. He's aging beautifully. Yes. However, his joints have been a problem. He had his first major hip surgery at the ripe old age of two, <laughs> where uh, Dr. Trussell did what's called an FHO, which is a, um, a, a surgery that happens in the hip where we're actually removing the head of the femur, the leg bone. Um, and so um, that began his journey. He's so post-legged. I don't know if he has cruciate ligaments, but if he does, I'm sure they're shot, you know? Um, his little scars. Yeah, and he has this really bizarre, like, kidney issue where he doesn't really have kidney disease, but we think he probably has a form of diabetes insipidus, which is a whole other episode. But he can't concentrate his urine, but he doesn't really have renal disease. Anyway, we have to be really careful about insects, and then he can't take... Galaprant, mm-hmm. which is the, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug that we have for dogs that can't take things that affect their kidney or liver because it's processed through the GI tract, but he can't take it because it gives him the poos. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah, like you can give him one dose and, and he'll make it. If you give him two, you have a mess. Yeah. You have a mess on your hands. So uh, Max, he's ex- he has dabbled in all of the things that are potentially like a thing that you can do for arthritis. So he's done Adequin. He's on Adequin, like, as, um, like, he goes through his cycles on it. The, we're doing the whole eight and wait, where you give the eight shots of the Adequin and then see how long he goes, which isn't very long before you have to start <laughs> over. Um, but it's nice because it is um, a, a polysulfated glycosaminoglycan, which is basically just, like, a joint supplement. It's like lubricant. Yeah, yeah, but it's giving injectively, so you're not relying on the GI tract to actually get it where it needs to go, so it's a little more potent. Yeah, because, man, joint supplements, we could do a whole other episode on that, but really what what they're finding is that dogs especially, humans somewhat too, but dogs especially don't absorb glucosamine or MSM through their GI tract. Yeah, the bioavailability is like... Yeah, in ways that are at all effective, so... We're, we're moving away from recommending glucosamine. Orally. Orally. Yeah. It doesn't hurt anything, but no. I'm not sure it's helping yeah. that much. You know, and and like, certainly there are some brands that are better than others. There are. Um, but, yeah, just in general, it's, it's not absorbable enough. And so it's like if you're going to spend your money on a joint supplement, then maybe we can find a better option. Like adequate. Like adequate. Yeah. And then also, like, what do you think about the joint foods like I still have max on one because I just can't bear to bring him off of it mm-hmm. but like this is packed full of the glucosamines and fish oils like are you still feeling like that's fish got a place? oils are still really great yeah uh, again good ones yes so you're getting away from the mercury and yeah yeah all that yeah you got to be kind of careful with with the fish oil you're on um but yeah so the the joint diets they're formulated to optimize weight and then they've got the fish oils so the glucosamine is probably not doing anything for you, but I, I think if you're on one or you're interested in one, I wouldn't advise against it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, can't hurt my help. And and the, the amount of glucosamine and fish oil in there is going to be astronomically higher than, like, a chew. Yes, than you day. can ever supplement with. Yeah, yeah. That was always my thoughts on it. And uh-huh. I'm more likely to remember because I <laughs> never forget to feed my dog. But I definitely sometimes forget to give his medicine. So if we're going to be honest. That's fair. Yeah. We're busy. We're busy. And it's like... Some days I'm here with him. Sometimes I'm here without him. Sometimes I'm at home with him. And so it's just like my schedule. Yeah, I get that. I so live yeah, and die I by think, routine. I, I think, yeah, for people who are busy, then the joint diets are a great way to at least get something. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, the, the fish oils actually... Uh, so I just got back from from rehab class. Um, yeah, so she's loaded. I'm loaded. She's with ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but fish oils are actually becoming one of the first things that we recommend adding. So if it, yeah. you can get it in a diet, then that's wonderful. If we're gonna name drop, I would do Nordic Naturals yeah. um, because they they have a pet line, mm-hmm. so it helps you figure out how much your pet needs as opposed to just like giving <laughs> them the human dose or whatever. Um, and Which we the know human dose is not enough. Yeah. Like dogs take like three times what we do. It's yeah, wild. and then yeah, and then hopefully they don't get. I always the pace. feel a little crazy when I'm like telling people with like a ninety pound German Shepherd. I'm like, so you need to take six. Yeah, just just <laughs> pop the capsule, squirt it on the food, go on. Uh, but yeah, the Nordic Naturals also comes in a pump, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But we know that they're coming from a good clean source. We're not going to have the mercury issues. We know it's more bioavailable than some other brands, and mm-hmm. so that's if you're looking for a good one. Yeah, wonderful. Um, other joint supplement, like I said, we can make this our, our, our its own thing. But yeah. It, um, type two collagen. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the. But don't. What they're saying is don't get it in something that's trying to do everything. So if it's also got EPAs and it also has glucosamine, and it also UC2. has UC two. Yeah. So you want to stick with like just something that's UC two. Uh, but that's kind of your next step after yeah. you add in the fish oils. Which Fluxidin Advanced has the UC2 in it, which mm-hmm. I don't know the other ones that would, but... Um, there's this... It's a human brand, um, and so you would have to, to ask us to, to help you figure out dosing on it, but it's called Now. Uh, oh. and they do a lot. Of, they do a lot of nutraceuticals for humans, but they have a UC2 uh, Product. supplement that you can and it's really easy to find too but yeah flexidin's great because it's actually flavored for dogs and the dogs yeah seem to really and like it's like it. a chew yeah per pet yeah <laughs> which is nice <laughs> yeah uh, so okay cool cool um so yeah so anyway so max has done the adequin he's done the joint supplement um via food um we have had done corrective surgeries mm-hmm. um we do laser therapy mm-hmm. for Max. Do you want to? Do you want to dabble in that? Oh gosh, <laughs> I know. Just like a brief, like yeah, no, for snapshot. sure. So, so laser therapy, uh, not the most common in human medicine yet, but I think it's growing. Uh, veterinary yeah. medicine definitely took to it a lot faster, but it's it's light, literally light, uh, but not not like L I G H T. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not visible spectrum light, uh, but it penetrates into the tissues, promotes circulation, reduces inflammation, um, promotes nitric oxide, uh, which helps dilate blood vessels. And, and so now we're kind of getting into the science of it, but it, it really does help speed up our healing times and reduces the, the, the pain and inflammation 
So we use it both for acute and chronic issues. Um, if you've ever had surgery here, we've recommended either if it's soft tissue surgery, it may have just been a laser immediately after surgery, or if it was orthopedic, you, we probably tried to set you up with a, a laser package, which is 10 lasers, and that just helps those pets improve so much faster. But we use it for our chronic patients too, because it'll go um, kind of do some similar things in the joint that, that the other things that we've been talking about. It reduces those inflammatory mediators. It helps promote that, that joint health. And improves blood flow to the improves area. Improves blood flow, yeah. Cause, which can know, facilitate healing. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, one thing that we haven't said about joints specifically is that they don't have blood. And so if you can get more blood to that region, then you have more penetration of nutrients uh, and, and all those healing modalities into, into the joint itself. And that helps with your chronic pains. And so, yeah, Max, Max gets lasered weekly. Yeah. Um, my dog Blitzen gets lasered weekly. Uh, Blitzen, Blitzen is one of those, uh, uh, those Young. younger dogs. Um, he's had back pain for a couple of years now, and we've managed him pretty much just with laser. He exercises himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just with laser to help manage it, uh, and it hasn't advanced. So lasers are a great modality that we use here yep. uh, to help. Yeah, and then we'll be exploring even more rehab stuff. Uh, when Dr. Goodall was at her last uh, meeting uh, or training, what do we call it? Training? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I get a text. Can I do some rehab on Max? <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know what he's got in store for him coming up soon, but lots right. of exercises. Yeah, and exercises. Um, I'm going to be practicing uh, joint mobilizations on him because I think that would help because Max has had hip issues, um, his front legs, if you've ever seen Max, he's very front heavy. Yeah, he's like a bully. Yeah. Like a pit bull yeah. bully, something. I don't know, he's a rescue, so we're not exactly sure. But. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's a pretty classic pit bull-like shape. Yeah, but you see some of the pit bulls that are, like, lankier, mm -hmm. like that like that tall, like, lab yeah. type conformation. No, he's more, he's like, more of that stocky. Yeah, like, when you like, think of, like, the XL bullies, he's yeah. not an XL. Because he's, yeah, no, he's only 50 he's pounds. He's that shape. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so uh, one thing that uh, you do kind of see with him is, is not only does he have back leg pain, but he also shifts his front legs a lot. And, and he so, broke a toe once. Yeah, he did. So that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. That was a whole ordeal. That was a whole ordeal. <laughs> He's such a drama queen. He, I know. And then he ripped a toenail off going down our new steps. I was like, what, dog? <laughs> <laughs> Killing me. Oh, goodness. But, uh, still uh, happy as a clam. Yeah, he is. He yeah. really is. He doesn't let anything stand in his way. No, He's no. He's just dramatic about it. He is. Um, but you'll get the joint capsules themselves actually start to tighten up and says, I'm going to practice so that I can start working on, you know, client animals yeah. and doing these joint mobilizations to help loosen those joint capsules. And, and that can be a source of pain too. If you've, if you've ever had a, a joint that lost some mobility, you know, maybe you had to wear a brace or something for a while, trying to move that, that joint afterwards can, can yeah. in and of itself be painful, even if whatever initially caused your pain has gone away. Right. Uh, so joint mobilizations can help. Um, we're going to get a TENS unit, uh, which probably won't use a whole lot on, on Max, but for some of you that have dogs with back pain or um, you know, 
know, just just some, some other chronic pains that may be not super receptive to, to doing exercises quite yet. I'm really excited about offering the, the TENS unit and the neuromuscular electrostimulation. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Get those muscles to move in. Yes. Yeah. So for your dogs, we well, you use that like like those dogs that like have a, let's say like they had a fracture that wasn't properly set. They like had some atrophy in that mm-hmm. leg. So they they favored it too long. Is that like another application for that? Yeah, it could be the, because the NMES is like electrostimulation. You're you're trying to activate those muscles. Uh, it's also really great for like when you have a a dachshund say let's say hypothetically <laughs> hypothetically let's just say we a, had a dachshund with back pain a let's just say and um, yeah with with back issues who, who now can't necessarily move their back legs very effectively if you want to not have muscle atrophy while we're working through the the other aspects the neuro aspects of that you can use that there uh, and then yeah dachshunds just with like straight up back pain who aren't down then you can use the the tens part of it yeah. to help relieve some of that pain. Yeah. So there's a lot of applications applications for yeah. it. And it's it's really exciting to to be able to bring that on now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I mean I guess the last thing I can think of that we should probably just acknowledge properly is the NSAID. Mm-hmm. Um in use of chronic arthritis management. Yeah. I love NSAIDs. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a lot of work out there recently on like long-term use of NSAIDs in arthritis and what they're finding is that the longer a dog is on an NSAID and we're talking months to years the more improvement they see in their arthritis. Interesting because it's keeping that chronic inflammation away which is then slowing down the degradation of the cartilage in that joint. And allowing those joints to heal. So because yeah. sometimes I do, I feel a little bad about putting them on, on NSAIDs long-term, like, like, right. like nervous, I guess. But, and we, yeah, we do like screenings every six months. Mm-hmm. We do the blood work to mm-hmm. make sure their organs are like handling everything. Okay. That we don't have any reason to change medication plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're always with a long-term NSAID, you're always worried about liver and kidney health, but as with long any as, drug really, yeah, as long as they're doing okay with it. And keeping them on that inside long term, and sometimes I have clients who are like, "Well, I really want to t- get them off of this," and it's like, "But why? But why? It's yeah. helping, and it's going if to continue to help." Yeah, and if they're they're tolerating it well, because I would say statistically, like dogs that I've had to pull off of inseds because of the inset, if you will, mm-hmm. is I, I can think of two cases in the last ten years, and I probably have. 50 pets on an inset at any given time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and now there's been some that like just over time as they've developed, let's say like a tumor in their liver or just chronic renal disease because they're old, that we decided to move them off of drugs that are processed by the kidney and liver as much as possible. But again, it wasn't the inset that was the culprit it. there. Yeah. 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 And that's been, you know, the wonderful thing about Galaprant coming out yeah. is we have options now for those kiddos that do struggle with major organ function. We can still offer them anti-inflammatories and, then, yeah, yeah. and not worry as much. As long as they don't get diarrhea like Max. <laughs> Mercy. Yeah. It's a good thing he's owned by a veterinarian. It is. <laughs> it is. He would just be I don't even toast. know. I guarantee you he would not look as good as he does no. if he didn't. I mean, granted, there are pet owners out there that would, like, take as good a care of him as me, but it would just, you'd have to be really involved. Yeah. 
but since I'm doing this all day, every day anyway, right. what's one more patient? <laughs> what is? What is, right? What is? So. so anyway, cool. Well, I think we covered a whole, whole, whole bunch of stuff about yeah. arthritis today. Yeah. Um, I think if you are listening to this in a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to uh, post this later. Yeah. Or if you're on Facebook and you have questions, yeah. let us know. Because I would like to do another pain thing for September. Mm-hmm. Um have some other stuff to talk about between now and then but if you have any questions that we could cover that would be great it would be it would be great so that's really why we're here right Right? is to figure out what are your questions what do you want to know and we will tell you to the best of our ability and knowledge (laughs) that information yeah so all right cool cool i hope you guys have a great rest of whatever is happening like week weekend i don't know i don't even know what today is let alone (laughs) when we'll post this but (laughs) anyway all right bye everybody